0: Let's go to God, in, let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do love you, Lord. I praise you for your goodness to us, Lord. I ask you to please bless this time where we open your word. Lord, help us to glean from it. Help us uh, convict our hearts, Lord, with what you want us to, to look at or to change in our own lives. Lord, I pray for uh, just this church. I praise you for uh, giving me the opportunity to uh, preach. And just please be with us now. I pray for anyone here who's not saved. Please, please. Save their souls, Lord, before it's utterly too late. We, we love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> faith is, is not only the door of salvation. It, it's a way of life for a Christian. Our faith can be tested. Our faith can be made shipwreck. It can be little faith. It can be great faith. We can waver. Uh, we can have full faith. We can have a vain faith. Uh, our faith can be established. Uh, we obey our faith. Uh, our our faith should be revealed. Uh, it can be hidden. We should have a righteous faith. We can even have a weak faith, and there's more. Faith should be our way in life, our guide, and it must be in God, or it won't help us. Um, just an illustration. Um, before we get into the, the, uh, the uh, text, as I'm getting older, uh, there, there's one thing that I've found myself doing is questioning my sincerity. Um, and I, I think it's good sometimes to question your motives, to examine yourself in light of these scriptures, but uh, when it comes to... I'm talking about... I mean, I'll go back... I'll, I'll go even back to my sincerity when, when I was saved. And I'll question that. And... Uh, and I would say, I correct myself, i say, James, don't do that. But, so when these valleys hit in our, our lives, these times when uh, maybe we're unsure, we lose sight of God, uh, we need to remind ourselves of who He is. We need to remind ourselves of, of three things, of His sacrifice, His grace, and His promises. Uh, the, the, in the book of Judges, the times of the Judges... Every man did that which was, which was right in his own eyes. Uh, there was no king in Israel. God was their king. Uh, they had received their inheritance, uh, but they did not drive out all the inhabitants of the land. God allowed these inhabitants to be left to try his people's love and obedience. God, in his mercy, would use these inhabitants to bring his people back to him. The children of Israel would backslide through idol worship, leaving God. They would see the inhabitants of the land and what they had and, and think that their gods were better. The inhabitants of the land, had, uh, they had water, they had, uh, they had food, they had crops, they had the skills. Whereas the children of Israel were placed in that land and they had to learn all that. And so they saw the people of the uh, land and they went a-whoring after their gods. It was a continuous cycle of backsliding, correction, repentance, and deliverance. God would always raise up a deliverer who he would use to judge or to deliver his people from their oppressors. The tribe of Dan was the the northernmost tribe. uh, And in chapter 13, did I say chapter, chapter 13 yet? In chapter 13, we find this man named Manoah and his wife. Uh, they lived a, farther, a, a little farther south than the tribe of Dan, closer to Judah. This may have been before the tribe took Laish in chapter 18 or after. And this, this camp of Dan was not the whole tribe. We can't be certain. But in chapter 13, God's goodness is evident as he immediately sets about to raise up a deliverer at the onset of the Philistines 40 years of rule over Israel. Let's look at verse 1. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines 40 years. And there was a certain man of Zorah of the family of the the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and barren not. We have Manoah and his wife. They're Israelites in the times of the judges. They had no children, and she was barren. But they desperately wanted a child. Look at verse 3 through 7. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman, and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren, and bearest not. But thou shalt conceive, and bear a son. Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine, nor strong drink. Eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came unto me, and his countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God. Very terrible. But I asked him not whence he was. Neither told me he, me, his name. But he said unto me, be, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and now drink no, no, no wine, nor strong drink, neither eat any un- unclean thing. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. We, we see here Manoah and his wife, they're, they're miraculously, they're chosen by God to provide the next deliverer. And it happens at the onset of the children of Israel's rebellion. I find that amazing. I find that merciful of God that even when His children uh, rebel against Him, immediately He starts about the process of providing a deliverer for them. Look at verse eight. Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, "O my Lord, let the man of God which thou didst send come again unto us and teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be, bo- be-, be born." Manoah, a man of prayer. We see Manoah, he, he's a godly man. And he, he trusts his wife. He, she didn't have all the information that he wanted. And so, what does he do? He doesn't complain. He, he doesn't bicker with her, but he goes unto the Lord. Look at verse 9. And God hearkened to the voice of Manoah. And the angel of God came again unto the woman as she sat in the field. But but, but, but Manoah, her husband, was not with her. His prayers were answered, but they were answered in God's way. Look at verse, verse 10. And the woman made haste and ran and showed her husband and said unto him, Behold, the man hath appeared unto me that came unto me the other day. Her diligence towards her husband. She ran to get her husband. It also shows her respect for her husband. She wanted him to, to be there. She knew what he, he would want. Look at verse 15. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, I pray thee, let us detain thee until we shall have made ready a kid for thee. This, their hospitality to the man. They both think it's a, ma- it's a man of God. They have no idea that it's an angel of God or a theophany, uh, a, pre- a pre-incarnate uh, appearing of, G- of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 16. And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Though thou detain me, I will not eat of thy bread, and if thou wilt offer a burnt offering, thou must offer it unto the Lord. For Manoah knew not that he was an angel of the Lord. Manoah and his wife, they're still confused as to who this man is. They do not see the seriousness of the situation and whose presence they were in. Um, I think they both felt the, the situation was serious. But I think when they realized that this is God, their, their attitude completely changed. Okay? Um, verses 17 through 20, we have a miracle. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, What is thy name? That when they, thy saints come to pass, we may do the honor. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Why askest thou thus after my name? Seeing it is a secret then. It was a secret then. So Manoah took a kid with a meat offering and offered it upon a rock unto the Lord. And the angel did wondrously. And Manoah and his wife looked on. For it came to pass when the flame went up toward heaven from off the altar that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar and Manoah and his wife looked on it and fell on their faces to the ground. The angel ascends upward in the flame of the altar and vanishes. And in verse 21 they come to an awful realization. But the angel of the Lord did no more appear to to Manoah. Uh, and to his wife, then Manoah knew that he was an angel of the Lord. So they come to that realization that who they had looked upon and talked with is God. And we have two very different responses to their realization that that who they saw and who they were talking to was God. So... The title of the message is "Tokens of Favor." Tokens of favor. When those when those valleys hit, when those hard times come, when your faith wavers, the, your faith can be shipwrecked. It can be weak. It can be it can be little. It can be great, but I mean, faith uh, is not it's not it's not level the whole time. Your faith can go up. Your faith can go down, and it's it's easy to to forget all the the wonderful things. Uh, of who God is and and what He's done for us. And so when those times come, when we get a a vision of God, we we should have the the proper response. So how do we see God today? Well, we see God by faith in His Word. We see Him in, in, in circumstances and divine appointments. We see Him in, in chastisement and correction. We see Him in, in blessings. We see Him in trials and tribulations. We see Him in His creation through through, through biblical preaching and destruction and loss and death and bereavement. We see Him in, in His mercy when, when we, we, we fail. And really, in, in every area of life, we see God or we should see God. When we realize God is holy, we get a taste of our own ruin and our sinfulness. We see God by the Spirit of God's conviction upon our heart. We see God through our faith and through that conviction, that, that, that woe is me, that holy awe of, of the perfection of God. So that's how we see him. How do we perceive God? When we glimpse God's holiness, we accept it in two different ways. Look at verse 22. And Manoah said unto his wife, We shall surely die, because we have seen God. In spite of his godliness, in spite of, of having his prayers answered. Manoah still had his seasons of wavering. His focus was not on God. His focus was on himself and on, on death, <laughs> on, uh, on, how, on his own frailty and his own w- weakness. He was focused on the problem of his sin, his, his shortcomings. Because when you get a view of a glimpse of God's holiness, dear Christian, uh, you see your your that you're not holy. We learn to fear. Uh, think about this. Some, some people, they, they get into this habit and they actually learn to fear joy and happiness. They, they find it more comfortable in sadness and worry. So that's one, that's one way. Verse 23 is the opposite way. But his wife said unto him, If the Lord were pleased to kill us, he would not have received a burnt offering and a meat offering at our hands. Neither would he have showed us all these things, nor would, as at this time, have told us such things as these. So his wife was focused not on herself, but on, on God, on his, on his attributes. She saw, she saw the life that she had just been promised, that she was going to have a baby. She focused on three things. And these things are the things that we need to focus on. We when, when we see God, when we get a glimpse of God in our lives, when we when our faith wavers, we need to remind ourselves of three things. Alright? These are all his tokens of favor. We remind ourselves of his sacrifice, we remember his grace, and we remember his promises. So in chapter in verse 23, it says, But his wife said unto him, If the Lord were pleased to kill us, He would not have received a burnt offering and a meat offering at our hands. So remember His sacrifice. Remember that God had just accepted their sacrifice and their meat offering. Who is our sacrifice? Jesus Christ is our acceptable sacrifice. He died in our place. God's wrath was poured out on His only begotten Son, He does not intend to destroy us. Uh, Also, your meat offerings, your, your offerings of prayer, your acts of devotion done unto God. Why did Menor pray? He loved the Lord and took his petition to him alone. If God answers prayer, then you know you are accepted. Answered prayer. You also gave yourself to God. If you can trust him with your soul, what is it you can't trust him with? God d- d- does not accept the sacrifice and and reject the, the, the person. You trust him with eternity. Do you trust him with your time here on earth? My my second point is remember his grace. We remember his grace. The things that he showed them. Look at verse twenty-three. If the Lord were pleased to kill us, neither would he have showed us all these things. He showed them things. What did he show them? He showed them his grace. He showed them that he he wanted to use them. He wanted to use them. He wouldn't desire to use them and then get rid of them. He wants to use you. He wants to use us. He wants to use us. He shows us grace, a perfect and a holy God interacting face to face with imperfect man. He shows us our sin so that he may forgive it and heal it. He shows us our need for himself and succors us in the day of salvation leading to the door of repentance. And listen, the day of salvation is not the only day of repentance, but repentance is a way of life. The book of Judges bears bears this out. Though they disobeyed and rebelled against God, God was still faithful unto them. He was faithful. He, he, he. I mean, if anything, that God, they were still gods from the beginning to the end of Judges—is a miracle, an absolute miracle. Lastly, remember His promises; those precious promises if the Lord were pleased to kill us, if the Lord were pleased to kill us, neither would He as at this time have told us such things as these. He told them that they would have a son and how to raise the child. Manoah prayed for the angel to return and teach him, and he did. He told them how to raise Samson so they would be able to. Listen, Christ is the author and the finisher of your faith. We're not appointed to to wrath. We're not. We're appointed to uh, to be delivered from this world. He's he's told us what's going to happen in the future. He's he's told us uh, of the blessed hope. The glorious rapture. Um, John 10, verse 28, says, My sheep hear my voice. Christ says, My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. I think that's how it goes. My Father which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to take them out of my Father's hand. I think I got that wrong. Luke, John 10, verse 28. I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. What a precious promise. Precious promise. You can trust that. Um, Manoah's wife was able to encourage her husband and to help him up. So what does God require? What he requires from us just to, uh, it, uh, as, as as Micah says in chapter 6, uh, where shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with 10,000 rams or with 10,000 rivers of oil. The Lord has showed thee, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. That's what God wants. That's what God requires. And so when he shows himself, when he shows himself and it Whatever uh, part of life that, that you're in, you can trust Him. You can, you, can, you can have that right attitude towards Him and see Him and thank Him and love Him. All right? Right, brother? That's all I got.
1: Excellent. Excellent. What are we going to do with what God tells us to do? Um, I believe that was a good, good, good sermon. Uh, But if there's anybody in here that hasn't put their faith in Christ, we're going to take a little bit of time here. Uh, Mitch is going to come up and lead us in a song. If you haven't put your faith in Christ, or you're not willing to surrender your life to Christ, I surrender all except my own will. We come into church, we listen to it, we hear it, and we shrug it off and go on about our business. If you're at turmoil or you're struggling in your life, surrender it to God. Give it to God. You'll never be a more happy person ever if you just give it to God. Reflect on that time back to when you were saved, when you accepted Christ and your Savior and everything was new and you were just ready to give God everything. Christian, if that's where you're at, you need to come up and pray. Do business with God and surrender your life. If you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, please. We're going to go into a time of invitation. Come and talk to us. Come up here pray. We have had people working on the sides. Please, put your faith in Christ tonight. Uh, Mitch is going to go ahead and lead us in a song in a time of invitation.